Nerds, welcome to the post credit show. You are here with your host, Loosh, and my boy, Dean. How are you, Dino? Hey, buddy. What's happening? What's happening? I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, today, we are going to talk about a subject that is very close to my heart. Today's episode will be titled, Fuck the Critics. Yeah, mate. Um... Let's go deeper on this. Why did you come up with this as a topic? I'm kind of curious. I'm always curious. I'm always curious, but I want to know why you want this particular thing. This particular thing. Right. So we're all fans of pop culture. We're all fans of fandom. Like the idea of, um, as a kid, for me, I was reading Marvel comic books. I was reading DC comic books. I was mainly a DC comic book reader, and I, my, my big thing was uh, Batman. Uh, I also really liked um, McFarlane's Spawn, which I thought was a really oh, great comic book. Yes. Uh, great comic book series. My Pentecostal Christian parents didn't think that. Um, so you can imagine how horrified I still am to this day at the age of 40 when I still remember back to the fact that they threw away my issue one, series one uh, comic book of Spawn. Yeah, my heart still breaks to this day. What was the uh, production company with Spawn? What was the name of it? it oh, was, fuck, I don't even uh, know. I, I don't I, even know, but I it was watched, shocking. I watched oh, it Icon? Or... No, no, no. It's coming. Oh, oh this is going to bug me now. This is really going to bug me. Uh, it will come back to me. I'll come we'll, back to we'll this. We'll come back to that. We'll but, circle back. Like, talking, talking about our favorite comic books, for example, and the, the biggest issue that I have right now in pop culture is how... Everything that we grew up idolizing and loving, all of these idealistic worlds with these incredible superheroes and these amazing stories with over a hundred years of comic book storytelling from Jack Kirby to Stan Lee to, to Tom Taylor and, and everything in between. These stories are now being taken off the pages and put onto our screens. And that is something that in as, as an 80s baby, as a 90s kid, even in the early 2000s, that was just... The idea of that was just so unheard of. Yeah. We're living in what I like to call the golden age of content. But every time a new Marvel movie, every time a new DC movie comes out, every time a new episode of a TV series based off a book or a comic book or a... Every time something comes out, the first fucking thing you hear about the goddamn thing, a critics hate this one. Well, you know mm. what I say? Fuck the critics. Thus, the title of today's episode. Um, well, you, you were saying something a second ago about um, the golden age of com- of uh, like pop culture, pop culture pop content, 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 and that's something that. And I've constantly said this a fair few times that we're kind of spoiled, and that when you have such a big range of things, like you have so much good, that you kind of find the bad, but because it's so much, the volume of the bad is bigger too. And that's obviously based in the eyes of critics. And people who are trying to, in this age of attention, get their own kind of clickbaity titles to get people to click on their stuff. and Which is exactly why we called this episode Fuck the Critics, because I yeah. want people to go, ooh, saucy. Because critics in the past, they were kind of interesting. They were interesting reads. They gave you a perspective you may not have seen about something. They critiqued a product, and they called people out on their bullshit. Like, if a movie tried to sneak in, you know, too much advertising or something like that, then the critics would point that out and be like, this is... Like Pierce Brosnan's James Bond movies, for example. Yeah. I remember remember that being a big point of contention. It was like, holy shit, man. Like, who paid for this movie? The studio or Lexus? 
<laughs> I've never even really drawn that conclusion with it. But there was a few good ones. And then there was a couple of movies just as a parody took the piss of it yeah. where they start mentioning the brands. <laughs> and Preparation H. Only for... Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like Scary Movie and, and College, like all those spoof movies, essentially. Yeah, yeah. there was one God, that, that stood was out where the director was like, we need to advertise and Maccas has come to us with a deal. And then suddenly, like three or four advertisements later, he's sitting in a chair being fanned by women and like just got gold all around. He goes, yeah, 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 we're good at the moment. Now, look, I mean, I remember growing up in Australia, there there used to be a, a show on ABC when I was younger, like late 90s, maybe even early 2000s, where it was like, I remember it vividly, I can't remember what it was called, but a couple of like movie critics would sit on these two big lounges and they would just talk about the next movies that are coming up. And it was like really constructive conversation. It was like, you know, there, there are really great moments, there's cinematic masterpieces, there, you know, the, 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 the cinematography in this element of this movie is fantastic. The storytelling, you know, could use a little bit of work here or there. Now it's just like, oh, there's a new DC movie coming out? Nah, it's going to be shit. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's... Now, look, don't get me wrong, man. I know, we all know that Marvel hit their absolute stride when Endgame came out. Endgame is, by and large, everybody's most favorite Marvel movie ever. Um, I have a theory on that, which we'll get into in a minute. But apparently, according to the critics, Marvel hasn't made a single fucking good thing since then. Now, I disagree. Mm. I don't give a shit whether or not you liked it or anyone else liked it. I thought the fucking Miss Marvel was incredible. It was fun. Uh, the actress who played Kamala Khan brilliant she was so witty and kind of fun she was like that lovable character in like a high school drama which i liked um what other marvel products have kind the eternals of... i liked the eternals i loved it do you know why i loved it because it was so fucking different from anything that marvel have ever made before like that like from the opening scenes to the very last like it was it was pissed it was picturesque it was beautiful it was stunning and it told a really pointed story like, it told a really, really pointed story, and it had to be told in the way that it was. You know what? It's not everyone's cup of tea. I get that. I really do. But before the movie even came out, everybody had an opinion on it. Not because they'd gone and seen it, but because the fucking critics said that it was shit. If if that movie added as a standalone with, you know, maybe a similar budget and a similar CGI and a similar um, cast and sets and all that, if that movie came out around the same time Iron Man, does it get critically received the same? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, I also think the reality is if that movie wasn't connected to a greater universe and wasn't a part of a storytelling process, it probably, it probably is a pretty average movie. But, like, I didn't go and watch that movie because I was expecting some big, action-packed, holy fucking shitballs. You know, I went into that movie knowing that, okay, this is it's kind of like a transitional movie, but there are things that are going to be... There are going to be story elements that are going to be um, played out in this movie that matter to the future of the MCU. Go deeper on, what, like, what part of the movie you kind of liked or kind of connected in. What, what parts kind of... Oh, look, you know, what I what I really liked about it was that it was still telling the MCU story, but it was telling it very far removed from everything that we've already seen of the MCU. There was very little to no mention. There was a couple of brief mentions about the events of Avengers or, or Endgame and Thanos. And, you know, like th that was cool because all we've heard of for 10 years, for a decade, mm. is Iron Man, Captain America, Thanos, Winter Soldier, you know, Thor, like... Great, cool, but that's not everything that Marvel has to offer. 
This was something different that Marvel brought to the table and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a story well told. And you know what? Like when you're gonna be, when you're making a greater universe over decades, there are gonna be inconsistencies in the storytelling. And that's the reason why you have subsidiary plot lines that are able to tie up some of those loose ends throughout the throughout the you know, like and it doesn't even have to be uh, it doesn't even have to be in cinema or on the te- on, on Marvel's cinematic television shows, which is what they are, let's be mm. real. You know, like for example, just a couple of days ago, uh, Marvel released an official MCU timeline where it was clarified in that book. It was a book about the timeline of everything that's happening in Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Earth Six One Six. It was clarified that Wanda is dead. Really? She's done. She's gone. She's gone. Oh my! However, Kevin Feige also talking about the end game of the Kang Dynasty storytelling arc. Yeah. Um, Something along the lines of, by the end of it all, there'll be a great reset and characters that you thought were gone for good might return. Okay. So who knows? He might be talking about uh, an ul- uh, an alternate Iron Man or Captain America or Wanda or Thanos. Yeah, well, you did say a, a point there that kind of stood out to me is that you said that the characters would still be around. Not, not necessarily the actors and the person who portrayed them, but the characters yep. would come back. And that makes perfect sense. Can I just quickly touch on something with, um, you know, this post-Avengers Endgame kind of stuff. With Avengers Endgame and with Thanos, there was a very clear storyline that got clearer and clearer as time went on, whether it started with the collection of the Infinity Stones. Fine. I'll do it myself. Their part in the whole universe. Um, Then you've got Thanos and then his story of why he wants them and what he does with them. And then obviously the Infinity War and Endgame kind of saga. But then since then, they've got this such rich rich history and such rich storylines and so many rich stories that they've touched on, like sporadically all through, that they could go in a million different branches now. Kind of similar to how, you know, the timelines are going. But the one thing that kind of is I don't know what the bad guy's fighting for. And that's that to me kind of means there's it's it feels somewhat directionless or that there's so many timelines and the ability to reset that there's no real stake there's no real arc there's no stake no issue i'm gonna drop some clarity on you yeah what was thanos's primary goal uh one word you go order 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 in chaos yes okay what was kang's primary goal without the TVA. Everything burns. Order. Order. Yeah, but it's not clear. It's super clear when you start connecting things like Quantumania, Ant-Man Quantumania with Loki, especially Loki series season two, Mm. where that variant, He Who Remains, is dead. And now, now that he's gone, there is chaos yeah and as chaos and order i can understand that side completely the thing is is that there's no journey to the order whereas kang had order and the goal is like subjugation right to have the universe just play out the way he wants it in his story the way till the end of time the way he wants it right there's kind of like to get to a position of i'm already here whereas thanos had to battle his way to get the stones to have a single event and so the order is very different. They might be the same thing, but I as a, as I can understand 
the critics, but I think a lot of it's kind of unwarranted as well. So my my response to that is very simply, there is we have a great deal of hindsight in I the in, in the Infinity Saga. Like, we can now look at the Infinity Saga and go, fuck me, that was an incredible piece of storytelling. Yeah. But in the Infinity Saga, you had Thor 2 and the Dark Elves. <laughs> you had Captain Marvel, who Dude. for some fucking reason, people can't stand Brie Larson. That's, yeah, okay. First, Brie Larson, I don't really care, but she's awesome in that movie. I've rewatched Captain Marvel almost as much as any other Marvel movie because Phenomenal it's just movie, a good, man. fun movie. Such a good movie. And you know what? If you are going to let your hatred for somebody who stands on their principles and won't be put down, mm. you're going to let your hatred of that prevent you from enjoying your childhood being put on the big screen in front of you, then you don't deserve this universe. I agree with you, man. I, I, I agree with you. You can't let that stuff happen. Like, these things are fun. Kids that bought comic books bought them for fun. We have these movies as adults for fun. But I guess the part of the critics that I don't like about this whole situation is that everyone's a critic because everyone's trying to say, well, this is my opinion, follow me. Well, that's exactly right. But, you know, like... When, when, when I'm talking about critics, I'm not necessarily talking about fans who have gone and seen the movie and are putting their thoughts forward. Yeah. Like, I, I, I dig that opportunity. Like, I, I love deconstructing these movies. Like, we, we go and watch one of these movies, and I'll sit in the car thinking about it for half an hour, and I'll deconstruct it on the ride home with, with whoever I went and saw it with. You know, like, I dig that shit. Like, that's, that's to me, that's pure fandom. What pisses me off is when a couple of schlubs, professional writers who were paid to go out and see these movies, and the first thing they go to is, the storytelling seemed so disjointed. Yeah, well, did you see the prequel? Mm. Did you see the movie that came before it? Are you a fan of this? Are you following the story? But what really grinds my gears is when you see a lot of those types of reviews pop up and then people cling to them, go, nah, it's shit. Mm. I told you it was going to be shit. The Russo brothers aren't involved anymore, so therefore it's going to be terrible now. But playing devil's advocate, does there need to be a greater emphasis on the individual stories as well? Like in the early days of the Marvel, especially the first release of like Iron Man and and you know Captain America and and the first Avengers, there was a lot of emphasis on the individual movies. And even in Phase Two, there was again a lot of emphasis. Uh, not Civil, Civil War was great, but my favorite Marvel movie outside of like the Avengers Endgame Infinity War, um, Winter Soldier. It to me, it was just a good good story told. But see, I would argue that we are getting those stories being told. They're just not being told in the cinema. They're being told in WandaVision. They're being told in Miss Marvel. They're being told in Moon Knight. They're being told in Loki season one and season two. They're being told in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Like they, they, Those stories are still being told. It's just that the avenue where those stories are being told has changed. And I think that's for the good. And the reason why I say that is because the Kang Dynasty, the, the, the Kang Dynasty saga that we're currently in the middle of, there is so much to get through to get to Secret Wars. Mm. That if they were to tell all of these side stories that are connected, that that advance the story, but also give individual characters an opportunity to shine, if they were to tell them all in cinemas, we'd be going to the cinemas for 20 years just to get through this saga. 
Uh, true, true, hundred percent true. There was a point you made then that made my brain just click. Is is that these stories are being told in the TV adaptations and stuff? And you're right, the Loki story is freaking great. I've rewatched Loki series the first season so many times. I'm watching it currently now. Um, oh man, I, I marked out at the end of the most. So so for those people playing at home, we are recording this uh, three days before episode five. Yeah, yeah. So we've watched episode four and fuck me, we're confused and so engaged. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But um, as, I, as I was saying, the, the stories, right? WandaVision and all that. You're just so right when you talk about that those stories are getting the part they need. Do you believe that because we're getting Marvel stories told at TV at the length of four, five, six hours of television that we as our perception of people watching it when we see a marvel movie do you think we feel the story might be rushed do you think there's something happening there because i know and i've said this a million times this we are spoiled we are definitely spoiled yeah look do i think the stories are rushed no do i think the stories are are hitting most of the right beats yes do i think that there are some missteps absolutely you know being real there's not a single piece of content that's ever made that anyone could sit back and go, that is 100% perfect. Every decision that was made in the making of that piece of content was made 100% correctly and you can't argue with it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the reality is we are, we, we do have, um, we do have such a diverse community of people who are looking for different things in the same product. You can only hit those beats for so many people. The problem that we have is that when your perception of what you're about to watch is already set based on what these fucking weird-ass critics have said. Like, seriously, who would have a job as a critic? Uh, I don't know. Would it be a happy job? Would be oh, happy? I want to put ourselves almost... in the in the mind of a critic for a moment. Here we go. Wake up in your day. Let's, let's, let's... First thing that goes through your mind, right, what am I going to shit on today? Oh, I don't... No one ever... <laughs> Here's the thing, though, man. Even with bad guys in Thanos as well, right? No one ever thinks they're the villain. They I'm just, sure they think that they're doing a, they a think service. They they're doing the good... Have you seen that ad on TV during the, the rugby league and you've got the, the, the banker and the referee and they're singing to each other about how all they want to do is make life better and then the car parking inspector yells out, Me too! And they both turn around and go, Not you! Yeah, that's the fucking critics. I've never seen that, but it's interesting. Send, it, send, it, <laughs> send that one to me. Send that one to me. Um, but yes, like you imagine how their day goes and they think they're doing good. And and then, you know, maybe they, maybe some are. Maybe we are overgeneralizing, but there's definitely a group out there. And I think they're the, the ones that are untalented, the ones that have just like popped up out of nowhere, started their YouTube channel. And, and they're like, uh, what are they called? They're like um, rage critics. Like they're trying to get a, a reaction. And, and look, this this is, uh, I guess, where we're trying to, I guess, tap into that market a little bit ourselves, you know, the, you know tapping into the fourth wall here. Um, you know, we're, we're wanting to engage with those people. And we're wanting to ask them, what the fuck's your problem? You know, at the end of the day, for us, you know, this is, this is lifetimes worth of work. You know, you've got the guy who is responsible, the godfather of the Marvel, the Marvel Universe, is not here to watch what his universe has become in full. Mm. But all people want to do is shit on it, and that, that kind of irks me a little bit. But see, this is the thing. We've spoken a lot about the MCU right now, but it's not just the MCU that's copying. You're right. Like, You're right. DC, 
Now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be out here and say, having grown up as a Batman fan, having grown up in the uh, the DC, I, I guess the pre-cinematic era, uh, Batman '89, mm. Batman Returns. No two movies will ever do Batman better. I don't give a fuck. Like I mean, I loved. Robert Pattinson's Batman. That was a good movie. Really loved it. Good movie. But that's not the Batman I grew up watching, you know? Like, I'm I'm the guy who got my Happy Meal because I got the, the Batmobile and the Penguinmobile and fucking toys from McDonald's, you know? Like, that's, that's peak Batman to me. And maybe that's because I'm a bit of a nostalgia nerd. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's because, as far as I can tell, that Batman is as close to a comic book translation as what I have seen from the Batman comic books that... I've read. Now that being said, what's yes. your favorite Batman movie? Just uh, quickly. 100% Batman Returns. It is Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Okay. Batman Returns is to me peak Batman. You know, Michael Keaton, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, fucking uh, what's what's old mate? Um, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Frankly, I feel that's a bum rap. You know, like peak Batman right there. Yeah, I mean. It's funny because that's the out of all the Batman movies, and I mean all of them, that is the one I remember the least. Really? Because I haven't seen it in so long. Oh my god! But there are so many it. parts that stand out to me, like when the penguin bites that guy's nose. Yep. Uh, Catwoman whipping the heads off the mannequins. Yep. Um, the and cat's so biting the her fingers and shit. Now I'm going to tell you the only part of Batflex Batman that stands out to me, Ben Affleck's Batman that stands out to me, is what I think is modern day peak Batman when we kind of touched on a little bit in Batman versus Superman uh, was it Batman versus Superman or was it Injustice one of those one of those movies um, um, post-apocalypse Batman Superman has taken uh, over yes. like literally Injustice Gods Among Us in cinematic form and if if Tom Taylor's Injustice was what they based any of that off the fact that they veered away from that was a Big mistake. No, they definitely did. But obviously, and I don't know if you remember much at the time, but like with Zack Snyder, uh, uh, Wheaton took over. Because I think Snyder had a death in the family. Yeah, her, his daughter. Yeah. His yeah. daughter passed away. Yeah. And so he stepped away from it. And then he came back years later. And obviously there was a cry out for like that movie. T- to be fair, I've never felt as awesome as I did when I started like literally put on the opening scene for um, the Justice League, the four-hour version, because... You mean the half-a-day version? Oh, I loved it. I <laughs> loved it. Give me four hours of a fucking movie. I want it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, that it was bad, because it wasn't. It was great. It was incredible. I actually really fucking liked Lex Luthor in that. Uh, I don't know why uh, Jesse Eisenberg was... So hated for his Lex Luthor portrayal. I, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. It was. Different. I mean, the previous Lex Luthor was Kevin fucking Spacey. Yes and no. Yes and no. To me, the previous Lex Luthor was Michael Rosenbaum oh, in Smallville. That's to true. me, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I do. And by the way, I mean Spacey was good as he was a very menacing, like very dark, very established. Older Lex Luthor. He was very tongue-in-cheek. Like, the, the the moment that really kind of sticks out to me was he's just talking to someone and, like, I, I can't... Oh, you think Batman's going to come and save you? Oh, sorry, you think Superman's going to come and save you, don't you? And then the kid responds and interrupts. Superman will never... I'm like, whoa! Okay! Shit! <laughs> no, he was he was so jaded. And I like I liked that version, but we've seen so many versions of Lex. Like, I like it. And I think this is the problem. 
I think this is where DC has kind of struggled a little bit, is that they haven't been able to settle on the kind of movie, the kind of cinematic take they're trying to do. I don't know if you remember this, but Blue Beetle came out six weeks ago. Did it really? And we fucking forgot. Yeah. It was that disin... Like, it was that uninteresting that we all forgot about it. I don't know anyone that went and saw it. I, I think a lot of it nowadays, to, for me personally, is I get such a thrill and such good content from what I can get on my phone or on my computer that it's it's hard to kind of dial into taking some time out, go to the movies, and especially where we live, man. Like, to go down to Chatty to watch a movie, it's getting a park and all that kind of stuff. It is a bit of a mission. You know there's a cinema, like, six minutes up the road from us, right? Uh, well, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that offline because anyway. there's there's some fucking movies coming out this month that and we, we do need have... to go see the Marvels. Yes, that's a big boom. One. Like in the next fortnight, we're gonna well, do or the Marvels or as what I call it, um, Nick Fury two. <laughs> Correct. Um, I reckon you and I should go see that, and then we should sit in our fucking car with our phones and, and just record a, an episode. Have a critic meeting. Absolutely. But yeah, we're we're we're, we're the critical critics. To to um. To get back on track when it comes to like all the stuff that we're talking about with critics and all that, yeah, we can see very easily how easy it is to find the moments in a movie that you don't want. It 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 all is all based on the person that's going in there, yeah. right? I, whenever I go to see a superhero movie, I'm so happy and so I feel so friggin' lucky that I get to do that. That when I sit there, I'm I'm all happy. I don't care what happens. There might be some stupid moments, but I, I can ignore them easily because I'm there for the fun. Here's one that I want to talk about. Yeah. Black Adam. Yes. Fucking loved that movie. It was good. I really fucking loved that movie. It and you was know what? better than I expected. Yeah, 100% better than what I expected. And you know what? The critics absolutely sunk it. Before it had a chance to come out, people were talking about how they don't want to go see it because they've heard it shit. And that's the phrase that pisses me off. Oh, I heard it's really bad. I heard it shit. Well, more, more free seats in the cinema for me. But that's a double-edged sword because the less seats taken in the cinema. Correct. And the end result of that, the end result of that is The Rock's career, Dwayne Johnson's career as Black Adam is over now. No, it is sad. You know, like, and this is the thing that pisses me off about critics right now. Yeah. Um, it's not your job to ruin people's careers. Mm. And the venom that some critics come out with their pieces these days very much is like, ooh, you got a bit of a vendetta against this actor, don't you? You know, like you can feel it in some of the words that they say and some of the ways they talk about it. And I just, I just think that's shit. Is there any critics you follow in particular? Like anything that you, you sit back and go, whether it's overly negative or positive, it doesn't matter. But is there anyone you sit back and go... I just kind of want to see what this person's saying about it, and maybe it could be for a good or a bad reason. Or is there a maybe there's a not just a, a there's a page. Critic. That's that's what there's I was going to Comic book resources. Ah, uh, yes, I do know them. Um, I I follow them a lot, and look, to be honest with you, I'm not going to rag on them because they do have a, a lot of really great content. But any time a comic book movie comes out, there's 15 different pieces published, and maybe 14, 13, 12. 12 of them. 12 of them are bagging the shit out of it while the other three are going, this is great if you're into fan service. Mm. At the end of the day, every single one of these movies is fan service. Yeah, I think fan service... I mean, we got a lot of it in like Endgame and stuff like that. 
but I, I feel that some studios, some directors, maybe some producers, and the producers is what I worried about the most because yeah. they have the financial money the, behind yeah, it. They're the ones who, who have their house on the line. And know? they can make the decision. And yes, yeah, sometimes, yes, it depends on the studio. But I do worry about, like, like, like I said with Zack Snyder earlier, would, would we get that a different Batman vs Superman movie originally? I mean, we got his cut, right? But would we get the original movie released? Well, see, that's the thing. His cut didn't include any reshoots. No, no, I don't believe it did. No, not for Batman vs Superman. Did I it? dare say that if he had his time to do that movie again, it might have actually ended up being a different movie. Look, I mean, this is the thing. I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan of the DC Universe. I hope to God that James Gunn can pull some motherfucking magic out of his hat because I, unpopular opinion here, I actually think James Gunn is a little overrated. Uh, I think he's had a couple of absolute bangers. Um, but I just don't know how... Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I think the biggest mistake that James Gunn has made so far is terminating Henry Cavill's employment. That, okay, so I, I understand it. It hurts me personally as the biggest Superman fan. Like, Marvel has changed me, but Superman is my guy, right? That is my comic book. That is my guy. Peak Superman. No one, no one can play it better. I mean, Christopher Reeve, uh, with Chris, between, between, between them, yes, of course. But with that, with Henry Cavill, I'm just, God, that was a fun, it was so good. But here's the thing, the critics hated him. Did they hate him or did they hate no, they hated the his movies? deadpan delivery. Deadpan? Yeah, they hated his, well, Superman's not supposed to be all mopey. And He's fucking. Kansas. Like, they absolutely... I, I remember very vividly, because I remember when he was cast, I'm like, I've never heard of this guy before. Looked into him, like, oh, yeah, he's got, he looks the part. Can't wait to see what he does. Before it had even been released, critics went and saw it, and they're like, what the fuck is with this guy? I remember where I was the day I found out. Because I used to read Empire magazine. Oh, uh, remember yeah, Empire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they, they would get all those special features on, yeah, on announcements. Yeah, yeah. And so that one was in, and it was a picture of young Henry Cavill. I think it was like 2010, 2011. It was early. It was like two years before the movie came out. He had just wrapped filming on Immortals. And I, it was a picture of him in a suit. And he had a belt buckle, and the belt buckle was a Superman emblem. Yeah, and it was like yeah, they started yeah. to get those, like started getting those. The subtle but not so subtle hints. Press bits. Not well. They did a thing on him, and it was he was, you know, Superman. But I enjoyed it so much, and I enjoy reading anything to go with that kind of stuff. Fast forward to where we are. Look, I do like James Gunn. I listened to a pod with him and Michael Rosenbaum, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I think I might have sent it to you when you get a chance. Have a crack at it. Um. But it shows the inner workings of his mind, the way he's going to approach it. And I'm, I'm interested. I'm willing to give it a shot. He might not get a chance, to be honest with you, because if I remember reading something recently, fucking Warner Brothers is up for sale. Yeah, I heard about it before. Disney circling. Disney circling. Maybe we're a little bit closer to a Marvel versus DC movie than we think. Look, I, I'm, I'm saying this on, on recording now. In the next 15, 20 years, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening anytime soon. I reckon I'll be an old man by the time it happens, but I'll be fucking lining up to get tickets. I think I think 20 years being that the cinematic Marvel universe has been out for as long as it has, 15 or so, yeah. I, I think 20 years is a very safe bet to say that if, if acquired, I don't think we're seeing that. I now, think they're two separate properties. It's like crossing... It's almost like crossing over Star Wars and Marvel to me. 
it, see, I don't agree with that. And the reason why I say I don't agree with that is because it's happened before. In Marvel and DC have crossed over on comic books. In comics. And there was a really coherent storyline when they did it. It wasn't permanent, but it's happened. It was like almost like a multiversal, wait, you're not a Superman variant. Mm. You know? Okay. So I, I man, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I know it has happened, and knowing that, I still stick by what I say. And fuck me, if that's what it takes to dethrone fucking James Cameron and Titanic from the number one highest-grossing film of all time, I'll take it. I don't think Titanic. It's Avatar, wasn't it? No, it's Titanic. Ooh, oh no, maybe it is Avatar. Fuck, I don't know. It's James Cameron. It's James who, Cameron. Who, for the record, is probably the worst critic of them all. He can't help but shit all over anything comic book movie related. Mm, I remember Martin Scorsese did the same thing. Yeah, was saying and, about how like it's not cinema. And what's he been doing lately? Uh, He's actually done a lot lately. But no, he you know. did. He just uh, did that. The f- the f- it's out now. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Robert uh, De Niro. I don't know. I don't know. I have to look at it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I would respond with to Morton, Martin, Morton Scorsese? Martin Scorsese. I would, if I'm Kevin Feige, go up to me and go, all right, cool. Here's a movie. Show us what cinema really is. Ooh. I don't Fucking th- he, lay he down would... the gauntlet for that prick. He wouldn't do it. No, he wouldn't. But at the same time, getting good directors to behind the helm of movies like that. Wouldn't you love to see, like... Martin Scorsese's Iron Man. Wouldn't you love to see it? It would be different. Yeah. It'd be different. It'd probably be a fair bit darker. You know who I want to see back in the director helm for a Marvel movie? Kenneth Branagh. Remind me. Thor. Oh, yep, yep. Thor 1. Thor 1. Yeah. And he, he's obviously uh, very famously um, uh, the sorcerer from Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. The Defense Against the Dark Arts yep. teacher. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? It's... God, I'm bad with names today, but everyone can picture him. He's like the guy who thinks he's the best at everything. Yeah, yeah. that he is—he's brilliant actor, brilliant friggin' director. Him back at the helm of a movie would be awesome. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, and we're gonna wrap up soon, but we've spoken a lot about Marvel. We've spoken a lot about DC. Yeah, but it's not just Marvel and DC. No, not at all. 1991, Hook. Ooh, um. Absolutely, Robin Williams as Peter Pan. Robin Williams, absolutely shit on by every fucking by every goddamn um, who was Hook? critic that you can think of. Who was Hook? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Of course, yes. Absolutely shit on by every critic you can think of. Great Hook. Fantastic. Great movie. Hook. Like to this day, fantastic movie. Best Peter Pan movie ever made, I reckon. Mm. Another one, Venom. Now look, Venom I understand. I understand some of the critics' concerns about Venom. It did kind of look like they got to about ninety percent finished. Venom Two was absolute trash, but Venom One was a good movie. Well, and I think Venom One was great. Because of the character, because of the character that Venom is, fans loved it. Let's shoot out another couple ones that you think the critics got wrong. Big Daddy, uh, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Good movie. Fucking fun movie. It. Fun movie. Really fun movie. It was coming off the back of Happy Gilmore and Billy yeah. Madison. Which, by the way, I mean those two. Incredible movies. Mate, I don't, I don't know what people's problem with, with Adam Sandler is. Okay, sure, he reuses a lot of his jokes movie to movie. You've seen one, you've seen them all. But Big Daddy was different. 
But it's kind of like watching a Ryan Reynolds movie. I watch, I show up to watch Ryan Reynolds. When well, I see Adam Sandler movie... Be, that was going to be one someone mentioned to me today. Oh, Green Lantern. I'm like, no, that was shit. Everyone agrees. No, it was Ryan even Reynolds. Ryan, even Ryan Reynolds agrees that that was shit. He made a joke in Deadpool Correct. about it. It was so funny. It was so meta. So funny. Um, Another one. Another one that spawned... I don't care what anyone says. It spawned the greatest song to come out of a superhero movie ever. Mmm... Daredevil, Jennifer Garner, Bat Aff- Ben Affleck, was e- Evanescence. Bring me to life. Yeah, but Evanescence was that song for that movie. I yep. didn't. Okay, there you go. Yep. By the way, I rewatched that movie not too long ago. It's so good. As a, it came out two thousand four, I watched it, and I was like, and as a kid, because I was fourteen at the time. I loved it. Yeah. It had John Favreau playing yeah. Foggy Nelson. Yeah. It had... Who'd have thought that 20 years later he'd become one of the most prolific directors in Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he, I mean... And then... But the, I, I, there was a few campy moments that I realised... Colin I Farrell as Bullseye? He was, I don't know. He was kind of fun. I um, liked it. Kingpin. Kingpin. Um, yeah. Um, Michael... Duncan Clark. Michael, Michael Clark Duncan Clark. Michael Clark Duncan, yeah. is it? Yeah, it's so such a f- oh my god, such an incredible actor, such an incredible actor. That moment where Deadpool kneecapped him, and he's, uh, he's Daredevil. Uh, sorry, Daredevil kneecapped him, and he's screaming into the camera like yeah. That that moment is just so iconic. And I was just thinking about that moment. By the way, I mean, as a Daredevil, as like a actual um, Daredevil like character, Ben Affleck was great. Ben Affleck was fine. Yeah. My issue was it had some campy shit in it, and the story with um, Electro was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The spin-off I'm, I'm... movie of Electro was like, Ugh. yeah. I was the, ad, the by the way the trailer. I still remember the trailer for that because I liked Daredevil so much. The trailer was sick. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, but um, when they jumped, they had like this superhuman jumping. Like in Daredevil, like they right, jumped yeah. like super, like they could jump yeah. twenty feet up into the air and like land on a building. It was yeah. weird. Yep. Yeah. Um, probably the other one that I think that just got shit on for no fucking reason, and I don't understand why because Nicolas Cage is such a good actor. I know where you're going with this. National Treasure, dude. Their movies. If you're having a lazy day or you're hungover, that is a movie you watch. They're comfort movies, they're man. They're such comfort like, they're movies. They're so good that they're comfort movies. And the guy, uh, he's offsider, Riley. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a comical character as an offsider. Like, he's so funny. Like, he's got that dry humor in through the movies, and it's so good. So, so good. It's such a perfect offset to, like, Nicholas's character. Um, I had a chat to a colleague of mine at work today, and he gave me a list. And to be honest with you, I don't agree with any of them, but I'll I'll, I'll shout them out because Aaron does listen to us on a oh, weekly nice. basis. So, scan on as um, Titan AE. Never never seen it. I've seen it. I like it. Yeah. Does he like it? Yeah, he does. This okay, is, this I is like his it. List. This I like is his it. list. Of, Titan um, AE is great. Yeah. Okay. It's a, a yeah. It's a uh, like um older a movie. Space, yeah? It's a space movie. Like a um. Kind of like Treasure Planet, I think. If I remember nice. right, I believe it's like... Funny you should mention, because Treasure Planet's also on this list. I knew it. If he, knew, <laughs> if he had Titan AE, I knew he would be a Treasure Planet guy. <laughs> um, Around the World in 80 Days. Uh, the one. Jackie Chan Jackie one? Chan's freaking amazing, man. I, I don't care. I don't care how shit the movie is. Anything with Jackie Chan in it, I'm watching yes, it. Yes, and by the way, we have a newfound love for Owen Wilson. He's been awesome. Owen Wilson has been incredible. He's he the perfect missing part to Loki. Absolutely. I 
fucking love his character. He's so the much. yin to Loki's yang. It is so good. Um, there's another couple here that he's given me. Uh, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. I didn't even know that that was yes, made into yes, a movie. Yep, that's an older movie. Um, These movies are following a certain tr- kind of trajectory. Like they, they've, they're very much like a certain type of movie. And the other one that we were talking, that Aaron and I were talking about earlier today, that I thought was was really interesting because it was kind of it. It wasn't so much that it was panned by the critics, but it was a sleeper. Oh, okay, go. The Princess Bride. Good movie. One of the greatest fairy tales ever told. Great movie. Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got any more on that list? Uh, that was it. Okay. That was it. I was going to ask if he had Spirited Away on that list. I don't think he did, actually. Aaron, did you have Spirited... Oh, hold on, let me check. No, he did. Oh, no, he had Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Yeah, there's a very clear, like, He's line of certain movies. He's type of fan, Yeah. Right? yeah but okay. Titan A, God, I haven't heard that said in so long. Watch it when you get a chance. It's not bad. Yeah, Treasure Planet 2. Fine. All right. I'm pretty sure Creed sings in one of those. I think Titan A, maybe. I think Creed the higher so i want to bring this home um the the point of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to essentially remind people that at the end of the day regardless of what critics say regardless of of how much uh, a series how much a uh, movie is completely panned by be it critics or other fans or whatever at the end of the day we are all fans of this content we are all fans and we absolutely love what it is that we're we're watching um, you know, for a lot of us, it's our childhood come to life. Um, at its core, what I want to say is being fans, we're fans of content, we're fans of creativity, fans of what I like to call, like I said at the start of this episode, the golden age of content. Mm. We love what's coming out. We love what's coming out from every corner of the world. So if you're making content, whether or not you're Kevin Feige, Kevin Smith, or just fucking Kevin down at the pub, Dino and I want to let you guys know that we love you, we support you. Keep doing it. Keep making what you're making because at the end of the day, we are only doing what we're doing because we've been given the tools to do that by people who have created that content to start with. Yeah, we're, we are talking about, you know, actual creative products that we get to talk about and explore and we get to talk about those stories and expand on them. And I, I genuinely enjoy that, man. Like, what better thing to do? Absolutely. Um, I think... Um, I'm, I'm going to keep using the phrase and I'll continue to use the phrase for as, as long as we do this podcast. Um, this is the golden age of content. Whether or not that content is coming from Marvel or, or Disney or Warner Brothers or whether or not that's con- that content's coming from Lucian Dean mm. or from Mr. Beast or Music. from... Music. From, from, from Ye... Oh, actually, no, we don't like him anymore. <laughs> um, hey, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> separate but, yeah. the art from the artist, my friend. Yeah, he's got some bangers. Well, he had some bangers 20 years ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> look, um, that's all from us today. Um, I, I hope you've taken something out of this. Um, if nothing more, what I want to impress on you is if you loved this shit when you were a kid, if you marked out about the fact that fucking Iron Man and Captain America are on the same page of a comic book, and then you get the opportunity to see that in real life, just remember that you are privileged. There are a lot of people who didn't get to see that. There are a lot of people whose lifetimes went by without having the privilege of seeing that. And the other thing that I want to say is, hurry the fuck up, George R.R. Martin. I'm getting sick of waiting. <laughs> it's coming. Winter is coming. Apparently. Um, man, look, good chat. Look, I, I think after the conversation today, 
you know, I get it. I do get some of the points where the critics come from. It's so easy to find those moments, but at the same time, it's like, be positive. Go in with a good mindset. Exactly. Enjoy the fun. If you've just, just put, put 25 is. bucks, if you just put 25 bucks down to go watch a movie, find something that you enjoyed out of it. 25 bucks. I pay gold class. I get popcorn. I get a drink. Hey, big spender. Me too, I, I can't remember the last time I, I only paid 25 bucks. I get an $18 Sunday, mate. Come on. <laughs> I get the $26 bowl of Maltesers, which is literally just a $12 bag of Maltesers put into a bowl. Is it a bowl of Maltesers? <laughs> oh, no, dude. <laughs> All right. Peace out. We love you. And um, share share us with your friends. Tell them about how great we are or how shit we are. At least it'll get them listening, right? Boy, tell them how shit we are. Content, right? Critics. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Peace. Peace, guys. Hey, Dino. Yeah, buddy. So this guy um, went down to the um, chemist uh, one night. He wanted to grab some condoms because him and his missa were going to have a bit of a banging night together, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so he, he buys a couple of condoms and he, he goes to the, the pharmacist. Have you got any larger ones? And the pharmacist is like, yeah, these ones. He's like, no, 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 no. I need something bigger. And the pharmacist is like, all right, try these ones. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I still need something a little bit bigger. All right, yeah. Great. These ones. These are the biggest we've got. Yeah, I'll grab a pack of those. So he goes, takes them, goes to the missus house. About an hour later, it's dinner time. So they all come to the dinner table. And uh guy sits down and he's like, I'm, I'm just not going to say a word. I just want to say grace. So he bows his head and he's saying grace. And, you know, he's, he's having a really good, you know, like, thank you for the planet and for the grass and for the food and the this. And he's just going on and on and on. And everyone thought that he was done it. And he did another one. And he thought he was done it. And another one. And just kept going on and on and on. And finally, they, they finish up and his girlfriend pulls him aside and he goes, I didn't realize you were so religious. And the bloke turns around to his miso and goes, I didn't realize your dad was a pharmacist. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Not bad, mate. You're getting better. Not bad at all. Peace, guys. My ass is fucking hurting. Like, I, 40 minutes, mate. I've got 40 minutes of sitting in this seat, and that's all I've got. That is going in the podcast. <laughs> Do what you want with it. <laughs>